Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm here with Dr. Stan Fowler, a seminary professor emeritus at Heritage Theological Seminary, and uh, I'm Bob McGregor from uh, here at Grandview Baptist Church in Kitchener. To those of you who might be new to our podcast, uh, we think about things that uh, are important to us, and we're always grateful when uh, we get a little audience of people who share the same questions and not necessarily the same answers. And that's so, Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, for any of you who may be listening around be. the world. There might be. So, Stan, um, lately churches like ours have uh, thought more about uh, our relationship to the government than before because government has locked us down. And it just uh, has created, in some cases, a, a posture of, of belligerence or, or tolerance. And we've also thought about um, our culture— who, there's a war going on. There's a cultural war going on. We have a Christ in Culture conference every year to teach us how to address the culture. But should the church think that the inauguration of the kingdom of God means that our mandate, apart from winning the loss, that our mandate is actually to transform culture, to bring every institution and aspect of culture under the control, not just influence, of the gospel, and you know the term used to describe this thinking, it's dominion theology. And so for the sake of our listeners who might not uh, have a theological background, uh, can we just talk a little bit about that doctrinal trend and uh, how the church ne- needs to think about its relationship to the culture? Sure. It, it's often called dominion theology. It, it's also sometimes called theonomy, which is just a, a compound. It's it's a compound word from Greek words. All, all the good words are Greek in origin. So theos for God, nomos for law. God's law uh, ruling everything. Sometimes uh, you'll hear the term reconstructionism, um, which, which is not, not, probably not the most favored term now. But it, it embodies the idea that... Um, All of life is to be brought under the rule, God's kingly rule, brought brought under the rule of God's law. And and so the term sphere sovereignty is often a part of this. That goes back to Abraham Kuyper in the Mm -hmm. Netherlands, late 19th, early 20th century, who was a theologian and prime minister. and so the idea is that, that God rules the different spheres, uh, the state, the church, the family, education, business. And, and they are distinct spheres with their, with their own responsibility and authority. But all of them are in some way to be brought under the rule of God's law. And typically, uh, the term theonomy or, or law is used because it's it's linked back to God's law revealed through Moses. Now, nobody nobody in in the the orbit of Dominion theology would say every detail right. of the Mosaic law mm-hmm. is still binding upon us. So they're Christians, so they they would say we don't bring the the animal sacrifices right. anymore because that has found fulfillment 
in, in the death of Christ. Yeah. Um, generally, they would say the dietary restrictions are not binding in a timeless transcultural way. Although, I've had some conversations yeah. with some of my friends who who basically want to say, yeah, if you took them more seriously, though, you might want You'd to stay longer. away from shellfish yeah. and pork. Um, but but they wouldn't push it so far as to say it's really a binding law. But mm-hmm. they would argue that that in some way the church's proclamation of the truth is designed to bring the sphere of the wider culture, including the, the sphere of the state, under the rule of God's okay, law. In so other words, call rulers to acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ in their rule. Okay, so that's different than what we would all agree is the church is salt and light. We have influence. We preach the gospel. Right. There is a, you know, kind of a moral influence, uh, less strip joints, less alcoholism, so on and so forth. But we're not talking about that, are we? No, we're, just, we're not just talking about that sort of influence. We're talking about, well, to use the terminology of one of my friends who teaches this, uh, making the, the church confessionally Christian. And he would... Making the church? No, no I mean, I'm sorry, I mean the state. The state. I hope the church is right. confessionally <laughs> Christian. Making the state confessionally Christian. And, and he would point us back to things like in 1867 in Canada, when, when the Dominion of Canada was formed, the term Dominion was a term taken from Psalm 72.8. The Lord's anointed one shall have dominion from mm-hmm. sea to sea. Mm-hmm. And so that wording is on the, the crest of Canada. Our queen, in 1953, took an oath to support uh, God's law and, and the gospel. So, so would England be an example of a confessional church where you've got the... Confessional state. Confessional, right. You got me. <laughs> Quite the state you. is, I mean, it's not working. It's It's purely symbolic right now, but is that the kind of thing that uh, a Dominion theologian would aspire to? Not necessarily in all its details. My friend, for example, would not argue that we should have an established church in the same way that the Church of England is established. In, uh, I mean, in England, you, you have a, a relationship that most, I think, North American theologians who think along these lines would not would not support. But they would say that that in some sense, the state needs to say, we bow to Christ, who is the ruler of the kings of the earth. That would be nice. It would be. Now, we'd have to ask, what exactly would that mean? Even if we say, I mean, I, I would certainly say, Jesus, as Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so we are to go and, and, and disciple all the nations and call everyone everywhere to acknowledge the lordship of Christ. So rulers ought to acknowledge the lordship of Christ, but then we still have to ask what exactly would that mean in terms of the way they rule. So to illustrate, um, if I have ruling authority and, and I'm, I accept the lordship of Christ, and I need to uh, I need to write a a law about 
abortion. Does the Lordship of Christ demand that I write that bill in such a way that it disallows abortion totally? Or should I take, should I realistically evaluate Mm -hmm. this this group of people I'm trying to govern Mm -hmm. and allow some exceptions that I would not allow as a personal choice, but, but I need to tailor the law to the people being governed in some ways, so I may need to allow some exceptions. Would I be denying the Lordship of Christ if I do that? I don't think I would be, partly because when we look at Mosaic law, it does not impose the moral ideal at every point at all. Right. It, it accepts the reality of Polygamy, for example. Divorce. It, it accepts, there's almost no prohibition of divorce in Mosaic law. So, so, and Jesus said, God did it that way through Moses because of the hardness of your hearts. So even within Mosaic law, we see a kind of realism that, that deals with the actual people being governed. So it's not as simple as saying, if God forbids X, then the law of the land has to forbid X. It's not quite that mm-hmm. simple. So so we need to ask a whole lot of questions about how we relate the concerns, the values we see in Mosaic law to the way the state functions today. Okay, so, but there's something optimistic when you talk to these guys, that they really believe that the world can come under the control of the gospel, which is what a, a kingdom aspiration is. Um, but the reality is that this, the world is in the hands of the evil one. He's, Satan is the god of this age. So do we, who don't hold to that viewpoint, do we proceed pessimistically that it's going to suck until Jesus comes? We'll do our best. We'll have influence, but we're going to be persecuted to the very end, and he will not have dominion from sea to sea until he comes in a premillennial kind of a scheme of things. Well, I, I don't think we have to be that pessimistic. Now, as you say, it is an optimistic view of things. It's an optimistic way of reading Scripture. Mm-hmm. And that's why the thoroughgoing theonomists, people in Dominion theology, generally are postmillennialists. They, they believe that by the power of the Spirit, the gospel will prevail on earth in this age. The nations will, by and large, accept the rule of Christ before this age comes to an end. It's not that every individual on planet earth will be saved, but it is that the nations will be mm-hmm. Christianized. And thus, so the vision of Isaiah 2, of, of the nations submitting their disputes coming together mm-hmm. to Jerusalem there to, to submit their disputes to the law of the Lord, that'll be fulfilled in this age by the, by the power of the Spirit making the gospel effective in the lives of the nation. So they're, they're optimistic post-millennialists. And they would say it would be premature to say we can, just, we can make God's law, the law of the land now, but as the, as the gospel prevails then it becomes possible. But even if we're not post-millennialists, and I'm not, 
we don't have to be we don't have to assume a pessimism that says we can have no influence at all i mean look at look at the history of the church right mm-hmm. the church has had a positive impact on 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 western culture so the freedoms we enjoy in western culture are traceable to the gospel and and the influence of the church so it is simply not true that that we have to be totally pessimistic and say mm-hmm. it's just going to be bad and it's going to continue getting worse and we have no hope of any positive mm-hmm. change until mm-hmm. the lord returns right we don't we don't know that but our our task is to be faithful teach the truth live the truth right seek to be the salt of the earth light of the world but there is a harvest right we are in the harvest field and there there right. is a fruit that we are harvesting which we rejoice in that that's a that's progress and we shouldn't think that because we are not bringing the nations under the dominion of the gospel that we're we're failing no um in indeed now we, we don't know you know what how how much the gospel will prevail in this age. Only the Lord knows that. We'll find out in, in the end. And we are, we are involved in a harvest. Um, now, I, I, I would agree that it's not true that simply having a larger proportion of the population who are Christians will automatically change the laws in the right direction. It's not that simple. I think People like James Davis and Hunter have argued in their books that in many ways you have to be a part of the cultural elites to have that kind of influence. And so we need believers who can find their way into mm-hmm. those cultural elites as influencers. Um, but a whole lot can change for the better if a whole lot of people become believers in Christ. Right. And that's so, our task. So as leaders in a local church... Um, our default is to make disciples who are articulate, who go into their sphere of influence, and it may be law, maybe medicine, and uh, be the salt and light in, in that place. So you might have um, subtle ways where the gospel does manifest itself in abortion legislation or criminal reform. It's not to say that these are imposed, but from the bottom up, Christians are having an influence. That's been our default, and if if culture is transformed, that's the way in which it is transformed, knowing that until Jesus comes, the entire earth will probably continue to be in the hands of the evil one, but we have encouragement along the way. That's how I see it. Oh, we do indeed, and and believers individually and in various kinds of Christian Groups, mm-hmm. maybe related to particular vocations, can have an influence. And sometimes what they're doing is, is articulating and, and demonstrating in their lifestyle mm-hmm. the, the benefits of kingdom values. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people who aren't yet members of the kingdom can find that very attractive. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a good chat on Dominion theology, and let's just uh, keep praying that the Lord will give us an opportunity to influence our culture through the spreading of the gospel. Until then, or until next time, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for listening. Keep on thinking. 